God, some praise in this house. We thank you for your love, Lord. Thank you for your love, Jesus. Before you're seated today, just tell somebody he loves you. He loves me. Praise God. What a great day to be in the house of Jesus. What a good looking crowd. Look at somebody and say, you know what? I don't care what the devil says about you. You look good. It's so good to be back in the house for those of you that were not in church last week. Same on you. Oh, wait, we weren't either. We got away last Sunday. I believe it was one of our only Sundays this year that we got away just for us, but we chose last week to get away because it's about to get really busy in the Danner household. For those of you that don't know, the Lord has added to our number 35 week or 35 week pregnant first lady, the prettiest first lady that I've ever seen in my life. We chose to get away because not only is it about to get busy in the Danner household, it's about to get busy out on the church property. So many good things going on. Say, Pastor, what's the introduction to your sermon? This is it. This is it right here. It's exciting. Because as we've been speaking with people that have attended our church, as we ask visitors, we continue to hear one theme about what God is doing at Calvary and New Smyrna Beach, and that is this, it's excitement. This is an exciting church. I love what God is doing at this house because where else are you going to find a church at 12 o'clock with a, a shoddy air conditioning unit, a rental facility? This isn't our own building. But guess what? The house is full of people that have come because you're hungry and you're thirsty for more of Jesus. You have not come for a man. You have come for the Son of Man. You have not come from a pastor. You have come to hear from the shepherd today. And I believe that great things are in store for this house. These are exciting times that we're living in. I'm so thankful that on Friday we actually received our building permit from the city. You say, Pastor... You say, Pastor, I, I, I thought that we ought to receive that. No, we ought to received total site approval, but we have not yet received our building permit until this past Friday. What was the holdup? We had to give the city an unexpected $12,000 impact fee. But guess what? God has been good. Last year was the first year in many years that this church was in the black. And so we had money left over that we had stored aside for a rainy day that we can give to the city without having to receive a specific offering and we've got the building permit in hand we've spoken with electricians we've spoken with plumbers that by the end of this week we're going to go ahead and start working on digging the trench on the property to put our utilities in for that building these are exciting times I'm thankful that God has added to our staff. 
I'm so thankful that we have one of the best worship pastors, bar none, in this area. I, I, I firmly believe that. I'm thankful that God seamlessly transitioned a brand new kids pastor and Pastor Jay and Miss Linda, their daughter Katrina. And not only that, I'm thankful that we've got kingdom-minded people that love the house of God so much. And Pastor Steve and Tracy Jones, they said, you know what? This is our home. And even though we've retired from kids ministry, we still love what God is doing at Calvary. I'm thankful that the Lord has sent us Pastor James, who's already doing a phenomenal job with our young people. For some of us, you say, Pastor, I prayed for years to see what is now finally happening. God is the God of answered prayer. These are exciting times. These are exciting times. We're experiencing an outpouring of His Spirit. If you've attended our services within the past month, you've seen that there's been dozens of people in the altars crying out, for more of God. We've had unexplained healings. We've had miracles. We've had signs. We've had wonders. You say, Pastor, what is a wonder? It's when God moves and you say, I wonder how he did that. We've had people baptized in the Spirit for the very first time with the evidence of speaking in an unknown tongue. These are exciting times. I'm thankful. This is coming from an attitude of gratitude. Because even though we're in a rental facility meeting 715 Magnolia Street, not even our church building with a shoddy air conditioning system, I'm thankful for everything that God has done and is going to do. These, these are exciting times. This past week, Pastor Jackie and I, we went out to lunch with our overseers. I believe that every pastor should have a pastor. Let me tell you something. You are in dangerous territory when you want to lead and have no accountability. I'm thankful that I have a pastor. His name is Jim Rayleigh. And so this past week, Pastor Jackie and I, we went out to lunch with our overseers, our pastors, Pastor Jim and Don Rayleigh. And there was one comment that kind of struck me just a little bit in a good way. And as we were talking about all the great things that God is doing in New Smyrna Beach, Calvary has overseed this campus for six years. They have seen this campus move from nursing homes to schools to theaters to a rented church. And now finally, we're going to be on the church property soon. And as we were talking about all the great things that God has done, Pastor Rayleigh said something to me that struck me. And he said, you know what, son? I believe strongly that your church has not even yet scratched the surface of everything that God is wanting to do in New Smyrna Beach. And I believe that with all my heart, that of all the great things that we have seen over the past year and a half, that we haven't even seen the beginning of what God has got in store for this church. I believe that. I believe that greater things are still to come. I believe that greater things are on the way. I believe that God has set aside a specific set of greater things reserved for this house and reserved for your house. If you believe that, somebody put your hands together and give God. 
You're going to have to just bear with me. I haven't preached in two weeks. In 2007, Chris Tomlin recorded a song that everybody in this church, if you've attended church for a lengthy period of time, you've heard of his song, God of This City. It has been sung globally from major cities to rural areas. It has been turned into conferences. Pastors have preached it, and churches have declared it, that God is the God of this city. But as I was researching for this message and our new series, I uncovered a hidden truth that is, as many times as I have sung that anointed song, I found out that Chris Tomlin was not the author of it. He heard it when he was at a worship conference in Ireland. And before he was to take the stage to lead worship at this conference, there was a band that went before him. And they started to sing the song, God of this city. The band was called Blue Tree, and its lead singer's name was Aaron Boyd. When asked, Aaron Boyd said this about how he authored one of the most popular worship songs in today's culture. He started singing it when he and his band Blue Tree were asked to lead worship, not in Ireland, but in Thailand. If you've ever been to Thailand, if you've ever taken a mission trip to Thailand, you know that Thailand is, is actually a, a sex tourist capital on the planet. They started singing at a brothel. They were invited to attend a bar to sing about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And they said, here's what we did. Before all of the drunkards and the prostitutes got in that bar, we brought hundreds of Christians with us. And at that bar, instead of people asking for alcohol, everybody was asking for a Coca-Cola. Come on, somebody. And they opened the back doors of that brothel, and people were walking by this brothel. And they were hearing songs played about Jesus. And in fact, in this story, he even said, I wondered what people were thinking. They were coming into this bar, into this brothel, and they were hearing about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And he said, I began to look out from the platform into the streets of Bangkok, Thailand. And I saw the bewilderment of people, and I had an overwhelming film, feeling come upon me that God is the God of this city. And so I just began to sing out, you are the God of this city. You are the Lord of this nation, and you are the king of these people. And boom, at a brothel in Bangkok, Thailand, Thailand, people heard for the very first time the song, God of this city. Out on the streets, this Irishman began to declare, for greater things have yet to come. And greater things are still to be done in this city. For greater things have yet to come, and greater things are still to be done here. Church, hear me. I may not be in Ireland right now. I may not be in Thailand right now. I may be standing behind a pulpit preaching to a hundred and so people in the sanctuary. But I declare and I prophesy and I decree and I speak out 
that greater things have yet to come and greater things are still to be done in this city in Edgewater and Samsula. Come on, in Edgewater and Port Orange in New Smyrna Beach, greater things have yet to come under the banner of Calvary. Somebody give God some praise in this house. you have your Bibles, very quickly I want to read from the Gospel of John, starting at chapter 14, reading from verse 11. I'm today quoting from the New International Version. The Bible says this, starting at verse 11 in John 14, Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes, it's so important that you catch how many times Jesus right there is saying the word believe. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even, uh uh-oh, There's a phrase right there that's very important for you to catch right now. For they will do even greater things, come on somebody, than these. Because I am going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Off of this text, I want to preach a brand new series to this house that I've entitled Greater Things. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would add the blessings of the reading of your word. You said, if we ask in your name, you'll do it. And so right now, collectively, in one accord, as one body, we ask for greater things to come. In Jesus' name we pray. Those that love the Lord today, say amen. Amen. Come on, put your hands together if you love his word. It's Thursday. Jesus is having one last calm moment before his crucifixion. He's eating around a table. He's eating his last supper. A few days ago on Sunday, it was the triumphant entry where some commentators guessed between 2.2 and 2.5 million people had gathered in Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. They started waving palm branches and singing, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. Hosanna simply means this, save now. And 2,000 years later, we are still singing, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. Save your people now. And 2015, during the Passion Week, he's overturned tables. He's challenged religious uh, rulers. he's, He's conquered Jerusalem, but not in the way that the Jews expected him to come as a conquering king. He's cursed fig trees. And now, during one of his last moments, before one of the most trying times in his life, 
He's just having a moment with his friends. Because if you read earlier in John, he looks around to all of his followers and he says, I no longer call you servants. I no longer call you slaves. I, I call you friends. And I'm so thankful today that I declare that I am a bond servant to Jesus Christ. But I'm also thankful that he doesn't just look at Eric Danner as his servant. He looks at me as his friend. I'm thankful today that I am a friend of Most High God. And he looks at his friends and he asks one last thing. He actually gives them one last assignment, if you will, to simply believe. He said this, believe in, in me. He wanted them to believe in everything that he has done, and he is asking them to believe in everything that he is about to do. Because if they will just believe, something powerful will take place in their life. If they will just believe, Jesus promises them something very profound. If they will just believe, then they will continue to do his work. And if you stop right there, it's just a cutesy verse. If you stop right there, it would actually be easy to just look over this simple phrase, to continue the work. But Jesus ups the ante just a little bit. He says this, if you believe in me, not only will you continue to do the work, but you'll see even greater things in your work than I saw in my work. Now, this is Jesus that we're talking about, y'all. This is the Son of God. This is the fairest of 10,000. He is the lily of the valley. He is the rose of Sharon. He is the bright and he is the morning star. The Bible declares that he is life. The Bible tells us that he is the light. He is the door. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the king. He is the Messiah. And he and he alone is all authority. We know by learning from his word that he possessed neither wealth nor influence, but he healed the multitudes without medicine, and he made no charge for his service. I'm talking just a moment about Jesus. He, he never wrote a book, and yet all the libraries of the country could not hold the books that have been written about him. I, just excuse me for a moment, because I just want to talk about my Savior. He never wrote a song, and yet he has furnished the theme of more songs than all the songwriters combined. He never founded a college, but all the schools put together cannot boast of having as many students. He never practiced psychiatry, and yet he healed more broken hearts than all the doctors far and near. 
you, you got to just give me a moment because I'm having a moment with Jesus. Once each week the wheels of commerce cease their turning and multitudes win their way to worshiping assemblies to pay homage and respect to the man of God. The names of the past proud statesmen of Greece and Rome have come and they have gone. The names of the past scientists, philosophers, and theologians, guess what? They too have come and they have gone. But the name of this man, the name of the one that I'm talking about abounds more and more. Though time has spread 1,900 years between the people of this generation and the scene of his crucifixion, yet he still lives. Herod could not destroy him, and the grave could not hold him. He stands forth upon the highest pinnacle of heavenly glory, proclaimed of God, acknowledged by angels, adorned by saints, and feared by devils. As the living, personal Christ, our Lord and our Savior, and all power, honor, and glory be ascribed to his name. Amen and amen. For there is no one greater than Jesus. And hear me when I say this, church. As we start a series entitled hashtag greater things, hear me, that you can only achieve great things simply because we serve a great God. Now, as we break this passage down together, the Bible clearly states to us in John chapter 14 that we, if we believe, will achieve greater things. The word greater in the Greek is the word maison, which means larger, stronger, and more, which tells me this, church, that God wants to do more in you. I don't know about you, but I want to do more for Jesus. I preached a series not too long ago. It was a prophetic series, and I firmly believe that the signs of the times are lining up. I believe if you looked in Ezekiel 37 and in Ezekiel 38, Russia has aligned with Syria, Iran, and Iraq. You need to look at Tubal and Meshach. That's Russia lining up with those countries. And they're starting to get a little bit provocative. Everything is happening. Jesus even declared to us in Joel 2 and in Acts 2. He gave us the signs that the moon would be turned to blood. Guess what happened on September the 28th? The moon turned red. Jesus is coming back soon. All the while, we'll, st we'll still murder babies. All the while, we'll still allow homosexual marriage. All the while, the church will just continue to have, quote-unquote, good services. And as long as someone meets my need, I'm okay. But hear me. God is wanting to do great things through you. And I'm here to say, Lord, here am I. Use me. Send me. Because you can have all of me. Because all of me 
cries out to all of you, and I want you to do more at Calvary and New Smyrna Beach. If you believe that and if you want that too, put your hands together. God wants to do even more in you through you because you can accomplish greater things when a great God is on your side. And over and over in the scriptures, we read stories of ordinary men and women who accomplish great feats because of who they serve. And one of my favorite stories of a man seeing greater things is actually found in the Old Testament. Now, I heard Pastor James last week, he made a reference that we don't dive into the Old Testament too much, but that must have been his church up in Minnesota because we love the Old Testament here at Calvary in New Smyrna. His name is Shama, and he's found in 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 11. The Bible declares to us this. Next to him was Shama, son of Aji the Herorite. When the Philistines banded together at a place where there was a field full of lentils, Israel's troops fled from them. But Shama took his stand. Shama took his stand in the middle of the field. He defended it and struck the Philistines down, and the Lord brought about a great victory. Now, over and over in the Bible, the Lord declares to us that as long as he is for us, who can be against us? And I'm here to declare to you that if my God is everlasting to everlasting, if he is the alpha and if he is the omega, if he is the unchanging, never wavering God, then the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of Shammah is my God today. And I believe that God wants to do great things through you. I love this passage of scripture. If you actually read into what the Bible is trying to relate to us. David is reflecting back over his life. He is on his deathbed, so to speak. He has seen in his reign greater things take place. Under his reign, he has united Israel. Under his reign, they set Jerusalem as the capital of God's people. And one of the things that made David so special was the fact that he surrounded himself with people who were great. If you want to see greater things in your life, if you want God to do more through you and in you, you need to surround yourself with people who love God. You need to surround yourself with people who actually read his word and pray every day. Hello. You need to surround yourself with people who will challenge you and hold you accountable in your walk with Jesus. Now, for some reason, this statement that I have just made, it preaches well, but people don't live it nowadays. If someone keeps us accountable, they say, well, who are you to step on my toes? Hear me, church. When I get to heaven on judgment day, I want to be the type of pastor where thousands of people approach me and say, I heard what you had to say. Thank you for hurting my feelings. Thank you for stepping on my toes. Thank you for doing it in love because you gave me the truth. Instead of being the type of pastor, instead of being the type of pastor where people come up to me on judgment day and say, 
why on earth did you never tell me what Jesus wanted of me? Surround yourself with people that love God and love you enough to challenge you. And David surrounded himself with men like Shama. Now, we don't know much about Shama. In fact, the Bible only ascribes two verses to this man. But out of the 30 mighty men that David surrounded himself with, three of them are mentioned, and the one that I'm focusing on today is Shama. Now, his name means astonishment. And God did some astonishing things in his life. And I wonder today, I wonder if there's anybody here at Calvary in New Smyrna Beach that says, Pastor, I serve an astonishing God, and I want God to do astonishing things through me. The Bible tells us that his, his father's name is Aji. Now, this is important if you look and you define the name of Aji. Aji simply means fugitive. Now think about this for just a moment. Shama, one of David's mighty men, he grew up with an absent father. He grew up with a father who committed many sins, many crimes. And because of those crimes, he became a fugitive. Because of those crimes, he ran away from his family. Now, if that is a, is a story similar to one of yours, first off, let me say this, that I am sorry. A father should always be there for his children. But secondly, let me say this. I'm thankful that I serve a heavenly father. I'm thankful today that I serve a father who will never leave me and never forsake me. I'm thankful for a father that in my lowest of lows, he is still there. I'm thankful that I serve a heavenly father who loves me. I'm thankful that I serve a heavenly father who wants nothing but the best for me. And I'm thankful that I serve a heavenly father who provides me a hope and he also provides me a future. And it's in your heavenly father that you will see astonishing things. It's in your heavenly father and not your earthly father that more will be done because of you. It's in your heavenly father that you will see greater things. Somebody give God some praise if you're thankful for your heavenly father. Now the Bible says that Shama found himself literally against an entire army. Just him versus them by himself facing an entire Philistine unit. But I'm here to tell you that he was not alone. There was somebody with him that day. There, there was somebody with him in the fields that day. The same one who showed up with the Hebrew children and the fiery furnace. The same God who shows up for me is the same God who showed up for Shama. He was not alone that day because God was with him. And if you find yourself in a situation where you believe that it's only you and God, let me remind you, baby, that that is more than enough. So Shama finds himself in the natural, outnumbered. He finds himself in the natural, outgunned, out everything. Over a field, the Bible says to us, of lentils over a field full of peas that's all it is what is so special 
about peas. Now, in 2015, if someone wanted my peas bad enough that they had an entire force that came against me, I'd be like, yo, dog, you can have my peas. Take my lentils, man. If they mean that much to you, take my beans, my peas, my cows, and my horses. Come on. So what was so special? I don't know where that came from. I don't have cows and horses. So what was so special about those peas? What was so special about those lentils? What was so special was that Shama recognized the fact that the ground belonged to someone else. What was so special about those peas and those lentils was that they did not belong to the Philistines. What was so special about that was that it was not the enemies to take. What was so special about that ground was the fact that the ground did not even belong to Shama. The ground belonged to God. And hear me when I say this. We need more people that will stand up and fight for the things that belong to God. Even when you feel like you're outnumbered. Even when you feel like like you're out gone. If God is in it, then that is where my fight will be. The field belonged to God. It was his. And hear me when I say this, that the lentils, the peas, were a product of harvest. You're missing it. Now, as we are entering into the fall season, I've been declaring and I've been praying harvest that will find itself over this church because, baby, it's harvest time. It's harvest time at Calvary NSB. It's time to gather in the crops. It's time that everyone hear about the name of Jesus Christ. It's time that the Lord raises up some workers in this place to see great things done in his name. Because the harvest will always equal your present and your future satisfaction. It always equals your now but it will always equal what is to come. Hear me, church, that the enemy is not just after your present. The enemy is after your future. He's after your heritage. Because before there can ever be a great outpouring, hear me, there will always be great opposition. Hear me, church. I want you to hear me, and I want you to listen very, very Deeply into what I'm about to say. Before you hit a new level, get ready for a new devil. But come what may, I may be in a fight and I may feel like I'm in it by myself, but I've been praying that God would raise up some shamas. To defend what is his. That even though my troops may leave, my friends may desert me, we may be outnumbered. The enemy looks formidable. I'm not leaving my post. I believe that God is wanting to raise up some people in this house that are sticking with their assignment because you can come what may, but I'm going to carry out my mission for his name. And it's time that the mission is this, greater things. That's my mission. That's what the Lord 
is asking his people to see, if we believe in him, greater things. And someone has got to start taking a stand for the things of God. God is looking for someone to have a righteous indignation about them. And enough is enough in their spirit because the battle is not mine anyways. The battle belongs to J-E-S-U-S. -S. Somebody give him some praise. And the Bible goes on to say that Shama stood in the middle of the field. He stood smack dab in the middle of the field. He defended it, and at the end of the verse, the Lord declares to us that it wasn't Shama, but it was he himself that brought about a great victory. In front of him is an army. Behind him is desertion. His father is a fugitive, and he is all alone. But he stood in the middle. What a word for someone who's going through something right now. What a word for someone who's experiencing some warfare in their life right now. In front of you is an entire army. Behind you is desertion. But I believe that God is wanting somebody in this place to just stand in the middle. You are under attack right now. You feel like you're all alone. Let me just give you a piece of advice. Just keep on standing, baby, because the Bible says in Ephesians 6, verse 13, therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. Just keep on standing, someone, even though you're under attack, even though the enemy enemy has given you everything that you got. Keep on standing. You want to see greater things? Just keep on standing. And after the battle, after the Lord brings about victory, just keep on standing. You see, Shama might have swung the sword, but it was God who brought the wind. Greater things follow those for people who will just take a stand. Victory comes for somebody who will just take a stand. Someone in here right now needs to stand up and to Declare that your season of struggle is over. Someone needs to stand up right now and declare that my season of warfare is over. I wonder if I'm talking to somebody who will say, Pastor, I'm going to stand up right now and I'm going to declare that my worry is over. I'm going to stand up right now and I'm going to declare that my pain is over. Somebody stand to your feet. I got more to say, but I believe that greater things are on the way right now. There's more that I want to say, but I believe that the Lord is pausing my message. Someone stand on your feet right now and say, I'm going to just keep on standing. You may come. be going through a battle but I'm just going to keep on standing I'm going to stand because I believe that my unsaved loved ones are going to come to know Jesus 
I'm going to stand because I believe that it's harvest time at Calvary in New Smyrna Beach. I believe because I'm going to keep on standing that a season of miracles is about to take place inside of this house. I'm going to take a stand for something. It's a season of greater things. Heavenly Father, I've said everything that you want me to say. Holy Spirit, have your way right now in your people. Someone just begin to raise up your hands and to declare that this is my season of greater things. That I'm about to enter into my season of destiny. That I'm about to enter into a new level. That God is about to take me into places, into uncharted waters that I've only heard about and I've only talked about. But God has taken me there. Why? Because I've been standing for something. I've been standing for years. Some of you, you old CLC people, have been standing for years. But guess what? God is about to open a brand new chapter in your life over this house. It may not be under the, the name of CLC anymore. The name of the church might have changed. But guess what? My God has never changed. And God is about to bring about your prayers because you've been standing firm. The Bible says this in John chapter 14. As Jesus is looking at his friends one last time, you may ask me for anything, in my name and I will do it and so today I believe that there's some desperate people in this house you're in a season of desperation you've been crying out to God for an answer a breakthrough you've been going through it we're gonna ask him in his name and we're gonna believe in him that God is going to start to do some greater things in your life. I feel that right now. I believe that right now. I believe it right now. If that's you, you say, Pastor, that's me. I've been going through a dark place lately. I've tried to let my light shine, but I've been under attack. It seems like I've had no answer. I, I, I haven't felt him lately. I've been, I've been faithful, but I just need a reminder of who he is. I need a little dose of his presence in my life. If that's you, you just raise up your hands right now all over this sanctuary. Well, wow. hands are up all over the place. Heavenly Father, we come right now. And the same attitude, Jesus, that you spoke to your disciples 2,000 years ago. We believe in who you are. We believe in what you have done. We believe in who you say that you are. And we believe in what you are doing. But God, some of my friends here at Calvary and New Smyrna Beach, they're going through some hard times. And so in your name, I'm praying for a breakthrough. In your name, I'm praying for miracles. In your name, Jesus, I'm praying for greater things. God, do what no man can do. Do what no doctor can do. Do what no therapist can do. 
do what no Wall Street broker can do. So, Lord, we ask right now, with hands raised all over this sanctuary, come. Come. We're hungry. We're thirsty for more of you. Come on, just begin to sing that out. We're hungry. We're thirsty for you, Jesus. I don't want anything else, Lord, but you. such a powerful song and I love that song we're going to sing that next Sunday aren't we yes we are <laughs> but there's something that's in my spirit right now I want to just kind of 
change the atmosphere a little bit from we've been praying we've been sowing heaven send the rain that's awesome we're gonna sing it next Sunday it's it's, it's my new jam lately if you know anything about me Pastor Jackie can tell you my staff can tell you I get on one song I get on one song and I play it non-stop in my office I'll literally play it for hours upon hours upon hours and this has been it lately and you're gonna hear it a lot late in the next few weeks but I want to sing an oldie, but a goodie right now. Can we do that? I love the song, How Great Thou Art. Do we know that? You know that? Miss Sarah, you know that, don't you? Can you step out, Miss Sarah. I, I can't wait for this. I don't even know where to go right now. I'm going to stop talking, so I'm going to let Miss Sarah sing. I, I want to get this jam on.
raise your hands all over the sanctuary. Just begin to cry this out. How great thou art, Lord. Come on, mean this. You are great, Lord. Then sings my soul. a shout of praise all over the sanctuary. We can only do great things because you, oh God, are great. We can only accomplish great feats because you alone are great, God. We serve a great and awesome, mighty, extravagant God, all-powerful, so good. How great you are, God. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Would you just grab the hand of a neighbor right now? And just a few moments ago, I asked if there were any needs among us, and several of us raised our hands to the Lord. And I believe that you didn't raise your hand simply because I asked, but I believe that you raised your hand as a sign of faith that our awesome and great God can meet you at the point of your need today. If we're going to enter a season of greater things, then we're going to ask God today to do greater things in your life. And I don't believe that we've got to send you down to the altars. And I don't believe that specifically me or anyone else of our elders or staff have got to lay our hands on you for you to receive a miracle. I believe that God can do it in your pew right now because he's a great God. And so if that's you, you say, Pastor, I've got a need, then what I want you to do is I want you to begin to intercede on behalf of your own need. I want you to ask God to do something great in your life. Come on, somebody be a little selfish in your prayer life right now. Every now and again, that's okay. And Lord, we praise you. We extol you and we declare that there is none like you because you are awesome in this place. And we sing from our soul how great thou art. And Heavenly Father, I ask today on behalf of this house and I come to you in the name of your son Jesus that you would meet every need in this sanctuary. God, we declare that you are a great God and that you work on behalf of your people. And so, Lord, we ask that you would do greater things right now in the lives of your friends. Bring healing. Come on, somebody. Bring healing in this house. Lord, bring provision in this house. Bring answers in this house. 
if we're standing in for someone in our family or our life that does not know you, then I pray today would be their day of salvation. Lord, we ask that you would send the rain which signifies your blessings. And this week, God, we ask that your blessings would find us in everything that we do. Provide a week of open doors. Provide a week of greater things. Do more inside of your people this week, God. Lord, the atmosphere that's in this sanctuary, help us to be carriers of that atmosphere out there on the streets. Help us, oh God, to tell everybody about the name of Jesus. We give you glory, and we give you honor, and we give you praise. Because not only have you heard our prayer, not only have you heard our cry, we believe today that you're going to answer Jesus. We love you, Lord. Come on, somebody just begin to tell them that you love him one more time. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. There is nobody like you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Is there anybody that received anything from the Word today? In the next few weeks, church, we're going to be discovering people who accomplished great feats, ordinary men, ordinary women, just like you and me. But because God was on their side, they did extraordinary things. And then, at the end of this series, in just a few weeks, I believe we're going to hit the, the context of the true meaning of this verse. And we're going to look at some of the miracles that Jesus performed. And we're going to ask God that God would do even greater things in our lives than even some of the miracles that Jesus himself saw in his earthly ministry. I believe when you break down this verse, that is what God is trying to say to his people and his church. That even though he sent his son and his son is God, he is deity that even though he sent his son, Jesus was on this earth for three years. And how many years are you and I on this earth? And how many more, how many, how many more things can we do in his name? Greater things are on the way. I believe it. How many believe that with me today? I believe it. I believe it. Before you leave the house of God today, hug someone's neck. Tell them that you love them, that God loves them. Listen, sign up for Calvary Groups. It's a time of growth. It's a time of discipleship. If you've not signed up yet, grab a card. Sign your family up. Bring it to the ushers in the back. Next week, hear me before we leave. Next week, one big Sunday. We're going to be giving away something big, and we're going to have fun. The kids are going to come in here. They're going to, they're going to perform. It's going to be a great, great day in the house of God next week. It's going to be a great week. I love you so much, church. Greater things are on the way. You're dismissed. The altars are open. Then sings God's